You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 115. I just started being obsessed with wholesaling and I, I, you know, I, I just pushed through and I kept marketing and then, you know, now I got these two deals and I, you know, I, I intend to stay obsessed and keep going with that. So this is game changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffine. I'll be hosting today's podcast. And today, listeners, Rhino Nation, get ready for another absolute game-changing podcast that will help each one of you that are listening today. Now, especially those that might be a little inconsistent on marketing or you have feel a little bit of the roller coaster with your wholesaling business. This one is going to deep dive and help each one of you realize just how important it is to stay consistent with marketing. Today we have Justin, and I hope I say this right, Mulinax, and he is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Justin is single for all you tribe members. Just kidding. He's dating someone. Don't laugh, Justin. Don't laugh, Justin. This isn't a dating site. And then we have, uh, he's been in here, he's been a tribe for a little over a year now, and he's done three deals, and he has made a little over $18,000 in those three deals. And so we're going to have Justin join us today and talk to us a little bit about what he's been able to do, how he's been able to accomplish, and then we're going to deep dive a deal so that you can learn step-by-step how you can take action in wholesaling. Justin, my man, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Cody. How are you doing? Doing well. So how'd you like that little prep? I didn't want to sell you off that we're here to do a dating service. I hope I didn't get you too red over there. No offense here. We are. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, my man. How are things in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Things are going great. I mean, I just closed two deals, so I'm I'm happy with it. <laughs> I love it. And we are going to deep dive one of those today super quick. Kind of give us a background. We talked a little bit about before we started this podcast. Give us a little bit of background that you joined back in April 2016 and kind of share the whole story. Share the I think so many people may paint a picture that it's all it's all uh, happy, it's all awesomeness, but kind of share your story and let people know exactly how it was for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, right now I'm, I'm doing drywall. My uh, grandpa's company, he's a contractor for apartment complexes doing drywall. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one. Of, that's actually one of my whys. Well, I kind of, I kind of operate more off of like an obsession. Uh, we talked about this a little bit instead of a why, um, I, I, the kind of like the book by Grant Cardone, be obsessed or be average. Mm-hmm. Um, just noticed that everything in my life, you know, everything that was, I was successful at, I was absolutely obsessed with. So I kind of, you know, and with now with wholesaling, you know, I'm always, I'm always listening to podcasts, always reading now anyways, I wasn't a reader, but now I'm I'm more of a reader and you know, I'm looking at checks on Facebook. It's really all I care about. You know, I'm absolutely obsessed with wholesaling and then how I kind of got into it. I, you know, I didn't even know about it. My girlfriend's dad, he, he's actually been an investor for about 25 years and he told me about wholesaling, you know, explained the process to me and I was immediately hooked. I mean, I was completely interested in it and he told me more about it and I actually worked with him for a while. I did some marketing for him and, you know, really just trying to learn the process. So that's how I got started. Awesome. Now, 
tell us what happened, how you were able to get into this. You did a deal super quick and kind of let's go through the story. Well, uh, working with my girlfriend's dad, you know, I didn't really have the experience necessary uh, to really go off on my own. So I kind of, uh, he was, you know, I'm in Tulsa, he's in Dallas. It's kind of a hardworking relationship. And, you know, I came across the Theo Davis podcast. You know, it really changed my life completely. You know, I could relate with him. He was nervous. You know, he didn't know anything that he was doing. And really, <laughs> after that podcast, I made the decision, you know, I'm going to go off and do this on my own. And now, you know, I've made, you know, $18,000 doing it. And really, to take that first step, you know, I kind of had the notion that you have to be perfect before you could go out and take action. And that's really the most destructive mindset that you can have. Theo had a progress, not perfection mindset. You know, he wasn't worried about how he looked. He didn't. He wasn't worried about looking like an idiot. He didn't really care about being perfect. He just went out there and did it and made mistakes, and you learned along the way. So, yeah. Theo Davis is one of my favorite guys out there. I love that guy. He was uh, a huge part in uh, my success as well. Was listening to his humble approach and how. He just went out there and served people and loved people, and he was very successful super quick in wholesaling because of that uh, that approach. So I know exactly what podcast you're talking about because that has inspired a lot of individuals. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, And then from there, you kind of went on a dry spill. Let's kind of tell them a little bit about, okay, from there, it took a while before your next deal. What was it that went on during that time frame? Yeah, I really just wasn't consistent with my mailing. That's that's really the gist of it. I wasn't consistent and I should have been and I would market and I didn't feel like I was getting an adequate return. So then I would actually I was looking for other I was looking for other lists to mail to and just different things and I would take like 2 to 3 weeks trying to sort a new list and then, you know, and I just I kept doing that over and over and looking back if I would have kept marketing, you know, I would have been I would have had probably two or three extra deals than what I have now, so was it kind of like a, a scarcity mindset? Were you thinking, oh man, I can't, I can't keep investing in this? I mean, what was it that was going on? And then ultimately, how did you overcome it? Really? Well, what was going on was I was just kind of, I was putting mail out there. It wasn't really a scarcity mindset. I was kind of just, I would market and I would, I was thinking, you know, I should get at least, you know, 20 calls and I would only get 10. And then that would, you know, that would kind of, that would really, you know, aggravate me. And then, so like I told you in the beginning, what I, you know, I came across to be obsessed. I just started being obsessed with wholesaling and I, I, you know, I, I just pushed through and I kept marketing. And then, you know, now I got these two deals and I, you know, I, I intend to stay obsessed and keep going with that. So I love it. I love it. So let's fast forward now. Just recently you did two deals. Let's deep dive one of them and let's help our listeners. Let's help Rhino Nation today understand something that they can do, some kind of action that they can take today and implement and go get their first deal. Let's deep dive one of those two deals. Yeah, I think they'll be more interested in the $10,000 one. Let's, well, holy smokes, you already jumped the gun. I'm still going to save the bail though. Okay. So we already know that we already, <laughs> we already know the number, but we are going to save the bell. Let's look at that. So with that being said, what did it, how did it start out? Did it come from mail? What kind of marketing channel did it come from? Okay, initially this one came from a mailer, but let's kind of get into the beginning of this one. It actually started out as, you know, I got a voicemail, you know, I was driving to work and obviously the most important thing is getting to these leads as quickly as possible. So, or they're, you know, they're calling somebody else. So I kind of, you know, I, you know, I called them back. It was the son and daughter actually of a seller that I talked to over a year ago, you know, over, yeah, 14 14 months prior um, is when I, you know, when I spoke to him and their dad actually passed away and they actually were calling me regarding an offer that I sent, like I said, 14 months prior. 
And they, they were asking um, if I was still doing real estate. I told them absolutely. Then I asked them, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this offer that I sent you? And, you know, they were like, you know, we think it's acceptable. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, they just totally, totally accepted an offer that was, I believe, 60% of what their the home was actually worth. Sure. Yeah. So in- what was their motivation behind it? Did they not want the property? Was it like a home that was in distress, like it needed a lot of repair? Like what was it that helped you understand that these people were motivated? Uh, yeah, they well this, the situation with the foundation. The foundation was absolutely it was it was really bad, but it was it was under warranty, but it was it was very bad, and they just kind of didn't want to deal with it anymore. Is really um, how that happened. So okay, um, so you sent out an offer, which by the way, for those listening, that's why we always tell people send out offers. So if someone's not interested. What does it hurt? Just send out an offer and that way you can send out by mail, by email, whatever. Like, hey, attach is an offer. If you were interested, this is something we could pay, right? He took action. Justin sent out an offer. It didn't get accepted. 14 months later, they find this offer and say, hey, let's call this guy back and see if he still wants it. That is absolutely amazing. That's what's so fun about real estate is you don't realize What's going to come back? You just don't know. But had you not taken action to send that offer in the first place, you never would have got this deal. So this is – that's incredible, my man. Keep going. All right. Yeah, and then so obviously I you know, I had to get in front of the sellers so as quickly as possible. And then I, you know, I got to the house and there was only one that was able to make it. Um, it was uh, – like I said, it was the son and daughter. But only one was able to make it. But I was you – know, I thought there was going to be both. But you know, I, so I got there and I was talking to the uh, son. I was really just trying to find the pain. You know, I talked about his dad and, you know, uh, I really tried to stay on the pain as long as possible. And yeah, so I couldn't get them to give me the number first. And I can hear Tom in the back of my head actually, you know, telling me, get the number first from them. <laughs> so, and I wanted to be at 77. So I, you know, I started a lot lower, you know, and, and what I like to do is come up slowly, start low and come up slowly. And uh-huh. I make it really painful for myself. So, cause I feel like if I'm uncomfortable with the price that I'm putting out there, I feel like they're going to be more comfortable to receive it. If that makes sense. No, so, I love what you're saying. I hope everyone that's listening right now is truly taking notes unless you're driving, but taking notes of what he just said is starting low, like starting, you've got to start at a price that's uncomfortable. And I love that you said that I was uncomfortable, like start with this price that makes me uncomfortable because that's just a starting point, and then you can work your way up. So keep going, my man. I love this already. Yeah, so I, I started down at 70. Uh-huh. And like I said, I wanted to be at 77. Um, maybe maybe should have started lower, but that's just kind of where I wanted to be. Where were they um, at? Where were they at? Oh, oh, the offer that I sent was actually for 84. Okay. So, and yeah. where, I mean, did, were they thinking 84, or were they thinking you need to be at 90? I mean, did they tell you any numbers at all? Oh, I thought I – sorry. I thought I went over that. Yeah, they actually uh, wanted to accept the offer for 84. Oh, okay. 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 Perfect. So yeah. So like I said, I started at 70. um, He rejected it. Um, (laughs) Went up to 72. He was like, no, you know, I don't think that'll work. I was like, what about 75? And he was like, no. You know, I got – then I was – at this point, I was cringing at 77. And he actually was like, well, you know what? I think that – I think that'll work. And he accepted the offer, you know, for 77. And that's exactly where I wanted to be. So I was, I was golden on that. <laughs> well, what's interesting about this, if you kind of look at the whole structure of it, you started at 70, he's at 84. What ultimately took place? Um, Did you even think about this? You guys met where? In the middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? From 84, he came down seven. From 70, you went up seven. And you got to your 
max allowable offer. You're 77. Like, this is all I want to pay for it, right? So you were smart. You ultimately showed that you got uncomfortable and you came up seven grand and he got uncomfortable and he came down seven grand and you created this win-win. I think it worked out perfect. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we accepted that and then we, you know, had to get it signed up and I did have, I needed, I had to wait a couple days because the sister was out of town, but um, okay. you, should always, you should always wait for the decision makers to be there. <laughs> Such a key thing for everyone listening. What he's saying is if there's multiple people in the decision making, try your absolute best. This worked out for him, but try your absolute best to make sure they both are on the appointment with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was actually under the impression that they would both be there because they were both on the phone call uh-huh. uh, that we initially talked. So, yeah, I totally thought they would and I should have asked, but, you know, I didn't. And then, you know, the next step, I blasted it out to my buyers um, using MailChimp. And I also, I uh, texted the buyers that preferred text. And what I found that really gets a killer response when you're sending a text is I, I usually send, I send the address, the ARV and asking. And also, obviously, you know, you want to mention that you're selling the contract, not the property. Yep. Yep. So and I also on this one, I made about 70 phone calls because, you know, a lot of them opened the email and they didn't reply. And that uh, makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> but here's something key. A lot of people that are wholesalers or investors they send out that email, and if they don't open up, they're not taking the time to reach out to these investors and ask why they didn't open it up or why they didn't respond. So you're doing something that's over and above majority of the investors out there, which is ultimately going to lead to what you're going to get to is uh, finding your buyer. So tell me about it. Yeah, so uh, eventually I held the inspection, and I actually didn't know if anyone was going to show up on this one. Like I was, I was nervous. <laughs> Yeah, because I couldn't, I couldn't get anybody to just tell me yes. Uh huh. Rose, you know, I got a lot of I'm gonna tries. I got a lot of you know, uh, might be able to swing by, and it was I was so frustrated. <laughs> um, it was so, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. So, and then you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm gonna be the only one there, and which was bad because the seller was actually at the property. So I was like, I'm gonna you know look like an idiot in front of the seller, not having anybody come by, and I told him I'm gonna sh- you know have a showing, so or have an inspection. Yeah, inspection. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I, but I actually got seven seven buyers showed up to this one. So wow, yeah, yeah, seven buyers showed up, and it was funny because I, you know, I couldn't get any of them on the phone to tell me, but seven did show up. <laughs> and what were you marketing that contract for? I just set six grand, so I believe we're at so what? 83? What eighty three? Okay, so you set it out at eighty three. Seven people pop out to the woodworks to come to this inspection, and they go through it. What did they? Did because we obviously know the number you shared that earlier, but how did you get it from six to ten? Did they do that on their own, or did you go for highest and best? What did that look like? So yeah, so the first buyer got there, and he actually uh, gave me asking. Uh huh. And then that was great. You know, I got excited. Okay, well, this is a good enough deal. You know, to at least get asking. So I was going to make six grand at that point. Uh huh. And another buyer came in, and he was obsessed with this property. Like he loved it. Um, he gave me three three grand higher. His offer was three grand higher than um, asking. Uh huh. So um, he stayed, and he stayed the entire hour. I held the showing, and he actually, because he saw all the buyers that were showing up over that hour period, he actually raised his offer an additional two grand. So, wow. Yeah, that was that was amazing. <laughs> and did it end up being this cash buyer you ultimately went with? No, this is the funny part. Um, it, no, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it wasn't him. I actually got an offer the next day. Or eighteen grand, or eighteen hundred higher than his offer, and so I texted him, and you know I let him know I was an ex- I was going to be accepting another offer, 
And he didn't reply till like way later. And I was like, what's going on here? And he actually sent me a lovely, colorful text with a bunch of cuss words. Uh, oh, just so, mad. Okay. He's yeah, totally mad, totally angry with me and told me, you know, you don't understand the game. You don't know how this works. And I have the contract. I, I'm going to say how it works. <laughs> so, right, right. So, um, and this is where it got stressful. And the buyer that did, you know, that I did accept his offer, he wanted to come out to, he wanted to go out to the property again. So I was like, and he wanted, well, he was partnering, he had a partner on this one. So he wanted to go out to the property with the partner. And so, so I let that happen. You know, I spoke to the seller and that was awkward. And I got him out to the property and then, you know, his partner was out there and they were looking at it for a little bit. And then after, you know, after that little appointment, I asked him, so how, how, you know, how do you feel about the property now? Is everything good? And he told me we're good to go. So I was like, you know, thinking in the back of my head, great. And then Oh my gosh, a couple days later, I received another text from him. And this property was, like I said, under warranty. Um, the foundation was under warranty. And he wanted the company that had the warranty with this property to come out and look at it for a third time. So, oh my gosh. So that Holy really. Holy smokes. Yeah. So that was really making me nervous. And he just wanted to make sure everything was covered. So yes, yeah, so that company comes out and I had the seller and the buyer at the property as well. Like, so they're all in there at the same time. And that really created an awkward situation. Uh-huh. Um, and then, so they're there for about an hour. And uh, eventually I was told, we were told that it needed an additional 12 peers. So here I'm Holy getting, cow. I'm getting extremely nervous. I'm like, there's no way, you know, I'm going to make this money now. And the buyer didn't really say anything. He just kind of got in the car and left. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on? So yeah, so I called him and he was like, well, let me talk to my partner. And so I had a, I had four days to deal with this pit in my stomach. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> and I finally received a text from him and I didn't even want to open the text. I was, this is, you know, I was totally nervous about it. And I finally found the courage and he was like, we're good to go. I was like, are you, you know, I was <laughs> You ride up through this. <laughs> so, you know, a couple of days and yeah, I got it. Um, he didn't even want to, he didn't even, he could have, but he didn't even ask me to come down on price. So, and he actually closed on the other property as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. And so that's where at the end of this, let me make sure my math. Cause you said 10, but it sounded like you could have got more than 10 on that. What did you end up getting on this one? I ended up, yeah, I ended up getting 10. $10,000. You know what's coming, my man. You hold on one sec. I bet you've been waiting for this victory bell for a long time, my friend. You got you to yell like Tom does. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom has a bottled of – he has energy that I don't think anyone can reproduce. This guy's got energy like no other. When I call him, I'm like, man, I thought I was energetic until I just got off the phone with you. Come on. So I love that guy. He always energizes me. Awesome yeah. stuff. So ten grand, and then shortly after you do another deal, you settle with the same buyer, which is awesome. But yeah. I love your story here, and I want everyone that's listening to this, remember, it doesn't just come easy. The process is simple, but you still got to take action. And does that mean they're not going to have gut check moments? No. He had plenty of gut check moments along the whole way. A guy wanting to go see it multiple times, finding out there's going to need to be uh, foundation work involved, wondering about if he's going to make any money now because of it. Like this went to the wire and ultimately all of that work, all of that stress led to a $10,000 payday, which is absolutely 
awesome. I absolutely love it. And I know as we're sitting here, Justin, that there's a lot of listeners that are sitting there thinking, oh man, I wonder if I've given up early on some of these deals where if I would have just rhinoed through it, I could have still made a paycheck out of it. Well, that's awesome stuff. Now tell us this. We always like to do this. This is a tradition of ours on ending this podcast. Tell us what is it, if you had to start over again, what's one thing that you could tell our our listeners that you would make sure that you would uh, either not do again or that you would keep do something different? If you had to do it over again, what would you do different? Yes, and on these, I've actually lost two or three deals this way, and that's why I'm going to mention this because this was my biggest mistake. Do not have favorite go-to buyers. Do not have, yeah, favorite go-to buyers. It's, it's a cancer. Um, Don't be a cash would- buyer's employee. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I, what I would do is I would show one or two buyers the property and they would pass up on it. So I would just assume that it wasn't a good deal. And you know, in this, in this business, you're not supposed to assume anything. So yeah, so I would, I would just assume it wasn't a good deal. And then I wouldn't blast it out to the uh, rest of my buyers. And that was, you know, that was the biggest mistake. I just didn't, you know, I thought that I would lose buyers if I blasted it out, which uh-huh. you know, the case on both of these, on both of these deals that I just did, when I blasted it out, there was a good 50% that didn't that, that rejected it. So if you're only showing two or three buyers and they reject it, there's a good chance you know, you're throwing away money. Wow. And Such a good point. Oh, yeah. I absolutely threw – I've thrown away, like I said, two or three deals, maybe even four because I decided I was just going to show you know, one or two, three buyers and they would pass up on it. So, okay, it's not a good deal. And that's, that's really the worst thing you could do. Ouch. Um, yeah, yeah, I almost I almost lost the forty five hundred dollar deal because I made it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I didn't think it was a good deal. I really didn't, and I, I made the phone call, um, and I told her, you know, I was I was I told her on the phone, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Sorry, I could I can't hear you. Let me call you back later." And if she didn't do that, I would have lost the deal. <laughs> ouch! <laughs> so, ouch! Yes. Ouch! Such a good uh, such a good gold nugget. To everyone listening, make sure you send every deal out to every cash buyer because there's some people that are just going to love deals and there's other people that just don't love the deal. It doesn't mean that it's not a deal. It's just it wasn't the right deal for that cash buyer. Hence why we always tell our tribe to get a minimum of 150 cash buyers. I love it. Now, what about a favorite book? If you were to say a book that has helped you, and I know one of them for sure is Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Great book. Is that the book you'd still tell people like, yes, that book has changed my life or is there another book in addition? Well, actually, I'd like to talk about um, the 10X rule. Uh-huh. Uh, that, I'm about halfway through that one, but it's, you know, it's, I love, I love what it talks about and it talks about, you know, setting a goal that is 10 times what you originally want to accomplish and then taking 10 times the action that it would take to get the goal 10 times higher. I love it. That book on Audible, by the way, is really, really good because it's Grant Cardone's voice and he throws in things that are not in the book that makes it kind of (laughs) humorous. Yeah, and I wanted to actually do a quote real quick from that book. Please. And the quote, well, it talks about why successful people uh, seem lucky. The quote is, luck is just a byproduct of those who take the most action. And that really got me. Like, I love that. So, so, so true. Well, Justin, my man, I will tell you, because of your action and because of your consistent marketing now, you will continue to see deals flow your way. And to everyone out there listening, if you feel like you're inconsistent with your deal flow, ask yourself one question. Are you staying consistent with your marketing? And nine times out of 10, it'll all come back to marketing because if you'll stay consistent with your marketing, 
You will then be consistently getting phone calls. You'll then consistently be on appointments. You'll consistently put homes under contract and consistently collect checks. And that's the name of the game. So Justin, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I know a lot of people are, are going to connect with this, uh, with this podcast. Yeah, no problem. I, pre- I really enjoyed doing it. Awesome, awesome. Now, Rhino Nation, I will tell you, this is another awesome episode that you can download, you can re-listen to. There's plenty of gold nuggets here for each and every one of you to remember, to take part, to put part of your, your wholesaling business so you can take massive action and go out there and get deals, get homes under contract. Justin has shared so many gold nuggets in this episode that will help you doing so. And if it's something that you are looking for help to build your wholesaling business, you're looking for a way to really make this work, go over to our website, www.wholesalinginc.com, where you can then click and uh, book a call with our team and be able to uh, reach out to our team. And if we love what you have to say, we just might invite you to be part of the tribe. Also, for all tribe members – Tickets are going absolutely fast. In fact, there's not many left for those wanting to go to the Orlando event, the live event, the big event where everyone can 10 times their money next year by learning from the best of the industry that are going to be up on that stage. Go to www.wholesalingsummit2018.com and book your tickets. Reserve your spot so that you can go to that amazing event and learn how to really up your game in wholesaling. So we will uh, talk to you next time when we catch you on our next podcast. We're excited that uh, Justin's well on his way and this can be each one of you. Take massive action and it will change your life. Take care, Rhino Nation. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.